visitors. It's great to have you with us. Welcome. My name's Mick, and I'm uh, the, old, the older here at the church. And uh, we've been going through a series called Who Do You Think You Are? Um, and we've been reminding ourselves of our true identity in Christ through this teaching series. Before I start with that, I just wanted to bring a bit of news to the church. Um, and that is that on Tuesday, Lucy and Stuart are getting married. And uh, what we'd like to do is, um, as a church, if, is to give them, um, in a few weeks' time, we're going to give them a service of, of blessing. They, they're getting married in a registry office in, in Dorchester uh, on Tuesday. But we'd like to give them a service of blessing here together and, and really lay on a little bit of a celebration. And we're going to do that on the 19th, thank you, 19th of May. Um, we're going to do that. So uh, Teresa's going to be coordinating what we do. So I think it will be kind of a bit of a bring and share. Um, and we'll get the connect groups involved in doing that. And Trees will be in touch with the connect group leaders to see what we can do. But just to celebrate with them. But let's, Lord, I just want to pray a blessing on, on Stuart and Lucy as they get, get married uh, on Tuesday, Lord, and uh, as they go into this new life together, that your blessing will be upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, right, as I say, we've been, we've been going through a series called uh, Who Do You Think You Are? And we've been drawing on what many of us learned um, a couple of years ago on the Freedom in Christ course. And um, if you remember, um, I'm going to go that, that way. Oh, Ooh. which way is it? The red lights are on. The right button. Uh huh. <laughs> Eh, hey, good. Right. The Freedom in Christ course, if you've done it before, you will know that it stresses that we need to know the truth if the truth is going to set us free. The truth exists, but if we don't know it, then it doesn't have any power in our lives. It's if we know it in our lives that it actually has power to set us free. It says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this isn't just a, a kind of a head knowledge knowing something, but it's knowing something deeply within us that it's really part of who we are, that this knowledge is so saturated within us that we don't question it. And when we go through difficult times, we've, we've been singing about difficult times in some of those songs, you know, blessed be your name uh, on the road marked with suffering. Um, and, you know, and just some of the senses of, you know, Elaine bringing the fact actually, you know, we are beautiful. And, and, and Graham saying, you know, that um, we sometimes look in the mirror and think, you know, well, we often do that. But, but actually, you know, knowing that we are beautiful in Christ's eyes. And so if that saturates our very being, it is a truth that, um, that will set us free. Okay. So let's just look again at the list. Okay, good. So 
you don't need to read these out, but you know, it says, I'm no longer worthless, inadequate, helpless, or hopeless. In Christ, I'm deeply significant and special. Okay, I'm the salt of the earth. I'm a branch of the true vine. I've been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit. I'm a personal, spirit-empowered witness of Christ. I'm a temple of God. I'm a minister of reconciliation. I'm God's fellow worker. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I'm God's workmanship. And that came out again, didn't it, in what we said this morning. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm secure. I'm no longer guilty, unprotected, alone or abandoned. In Christ, I'm totally secure. God says that I'm free forever from condemnation. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I'm free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I've been established, anointed and sealed by God. I'm confident that the good work that God has begun in me and in you will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm hidden with Christ in God. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. I can find grace and mercy to help me in any time of need. I'm born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. I'm no longer rejected, unloved or dirty. In Christ, I'm completely accepted. God says, I'm God's child. I'm Christ's friend. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord and I'm one spirit with him. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I am a saint, a holy one. I've been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I've been redeemed and forgiven for all my sins. I am complete in Christ. All those statements that talk about us and who we are, and if, if they would just permeate our being, what a difference it would make when we go through life, when we walk through life's journey, um, and we go through difficult times. We go through good times as well. But when we go through those times, we, if we know who we are in Christ, it's going to make a real difference to us. So far, we've looked at being sought and light and being God's workmanship created to do good work. So James was bringing about sought and light, and he said that that makes a difference to the society around us by us bringing the good flavors of God to our relationship. And then we were talking today about being creative for good works. The person that, that Sally was talking about, you know, he's been created to do to, to work in the prison. When he's doing what he feels that he should be doing, there is a kind of a sense of this is so right. This is what I should be doing. You know, try to work in little, try to work in other places did work out as soon as he found the place where God wanted him to be, the works that God had created for him to be doing, it fell into place. And, and he felt a sense of, yeah, God's at work in my life. And the same for you. When you find what God is doing for you, where God is, what works God has created for you to do, you'll find a sense of the blessing of God in what you're doing. And, um, you know, good works 
flow out of our acceptance by God. They're not a means to make ourselves acceptable to God. The good works that we do come out of the fact that we are acceptable to God. We are already acceptable because of Christ. And Steve, Steve Tavell spoke much about grace when he spoke about works, being, you know, being created for good works. It was a work of grace, and he spoke a lot about grace and the grace that made us acceptable to God. Okay, if we go on one more screen, we're going to be looking today at two bits of scripture uh, about being a spirit-empowered witness for Christ and that we are God's ambassadors. We're spirit-empowered witnesses and we're God's ambassadors. And um, firstly, first part of that is I'm a personal spirit-empowered witness of Christ. You might have seen that in that list a moment ago we read. I am a personal spirit-empowered witness of Christ. And that comes from Acts 1.8. When you receive power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then the second uh, reading, if we turn, is this from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. It says, I am a minister of reconciliation. For God, you are a minister of reconciliation for God. However old you are, you young people, older people, you are a minister of reconciliation for God. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Isn't that good news? Not counting people's sins against them. God's not counting your sins. We think he is sometimes, but he's not counting our sins. And he has committed to us, obviously not just us, the church generally, but to the church, to us also, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. On the wall up there, there's a banner with the Great Commission. And it says, Go, make disciples of all nations. Notice it doesn't tell them to come. It tells us to go. We sometimes think, oh, if only they'd come. If only people would come. If people would come in through these doors, wouldn't it be good? And it would be good. And, and that's great when that happens. That's okay. You know, one of my constant prayers is, Lord, make us not just a come people, 
but also a go people. That's one of my frequent prayers for us as a people, that we would be a go people, that we would be those that fulfill that. Go and make disciples, that we would be, I would be, that sort of person. Now, that would be a pretty daunting thing to do, wouldn't it? It's a bit scary going, going out there, going to people, going to friends. A bit daunting, except it does go on to tell us, Jesus said, I am with you always. Jesus told us, I'm with you. Go, but I'm with you. Now, we're not going alone. Jesus goes with us, not in the way that he did with the disciples. When, he, when the disciples walked the earth, Jesus was in a physical body. And he was walking with them physically. But he is with us by his spirit. And in fact, that's a good thing. John, John, in John 16, Jesus told his disciples that it was a good thing that he was going to be leaving them physically and going to heaven. He said, because if he did that, he could send them his spirit, or the word used in, in John 16 is the advocate. An advocate speaks, um, on, you know, speaks up for you. And the advocate speaks for Jesus and speaks up for Jesus. He, he says that he could be with them now, no longer bound, if you like, by a physical presence. Because if Jesus was bound as a physical presence, he could only be in one place at one time. That was what it was like when he was in a human body. But now he can be anywhere and everywhere and with everyone. He can be with all of us. Wherever we go, Jesus is with us by his spirit. So not only is the Holy Spirit with us, it says, but because of him, we will receive power and we will be witnesses. You will receive power. You will be witnesses wherever you go, wherever you are. And it won't be the old us doing it in our own strength, but it will be the new us, the new creation. As it says here, anyone who's in, in Christ, he's a new creation. It won't be the old us that is trying to witness in our own strength. It will be the new us, the new creation with the presence of the Holy Spirit that will be witnesses. We've been made new. And in fact, we've been given a new job title. We have been made ambassadors. You are, if you know Jesus, you are an ambassador. That's Pretty, pretty uh, good stuff, isn't it, really? You know, you, you kind of think of ambassadors as being pretty important people, don't you? You know, when you think of, you go to a foreign country and there is an ambassador. Now, a, a, dictionary a dictionary definition says that an ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its permanent representative in a foreign country. It's its representative. An ambassador is a country or a state's representative in a foreign country. You are God's representative in a foreign country. All of you, all of us, we are all 
God's representative in a foreign country. You might think, well, what? I live in England, I'm English. No, actually, you are a citizen of heaven. That was one of the other readings that was up there. You are a citizen of heaven. Your citizenship is now in heaven with God. And although we feel comfortable in this, in this land, we've grown up in it, it's, if you like, our nation, but now there is something about us that says that we have been translated into a new kingdom, out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. We are part of a new kingdom. And so in a sense, the world out there is a different country to us now. We've come out of that country and we've come into a new country. Physically, we may live in this country, but spiritually and in our hearts, there is something foreign and we are different. So you are God's representative to a foreign country, to a world that doesn't know God, to a world that is completely without any understanding of the things of God. You bring a message of reconciliation. It's as though two countries are at war with each other. It's as though we're at war with the world and the world is at war with us. And, and uh, one country sends an envoy, an ambassador, to that other country to announce peace talks. It's a bit like that. We can go out there and announce peace talks with the world. And say, be reconciled to God. God wants you to be reconciled to him. He doesn't want you to be in, at strife with God. He doesn't want you to be at odds with him. He wants you to come into the knowledge of his love and be united in him. That's your new job. It's for all of us. There isn't one of us that doesn't have that as a job description. However young we are, however old we are, whatever background, that's our job description. We are ambassadors. And that's what God is equipping us to do. Can we go back one screen, Steve, please? Thank you. You are a spirit-empowered witness of Christ. Spirit-empowered. That's different. That's important. We're spirit-empowered. And you notice the expanding circle of influence. It says in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, Jerusalem is where the disciples were. The people there were just like them. Where are you? Well, you're in your home. You're in your street. You're with your family. You're with your neighbors, your friends, your work colleagues, the people at school with you. People you know. That's where you are. That's your Jerusalem. The people that you know who don't know God. That's your Jerusalem. That's the first place that we can be witnesses is with the people that we know because we've got a relationship with them. We meet them. We talk to them. They're our friends. And somehow we want to be witnesses. Well, we are witnesses, in fact. We are witnesses 
but also we want to find ways of communicating with them, don't we, about Jesus. And then Judea, it goes on to Judea. Well, Judea was the country that they lived in. Now, across the whole of Judea, people might be slightly different. In different areas, there might be different accents. There might be different trades. Certain towns are known for certain trades. Like here in, in the UK, there are certain towns that, you know, given to steel or other towns that were given to um, cotton manufacturing and all sorts of things over the years and some towns that are known for fishing. There's different accents. People are slightly different. But, you know, we, we kind of, if you meet someone who's English, there is certainly a sense of affinity with them. You know who they are. So where is Aljudea? Well, Aljudea is probably around here in Weymouth and Portland. Maybe people that we know a bit, or maybe not at all. But they're around here. They, we know them in that sense. They're, they're part of the same community as us. And God gives us opportunity to meet and to talk with them. Maybe in the supermarket, at the bus stop, in school, sitting on a bench in the park, wherever it might be, there might be people that we come across and meet with and begin to talk to. And maybe get an opportunity to share our story with them, pray for them. And then it says Samaria. Now, Samaria was definitely foreign. For them, it was a foreign place, Samaria. But it was near enough for them to know about it. It was near enough for them to know something about the people and their customs. They didn't actually like the people in their customs, to be honest, but they knew them and they knew what their customs were. And for us, perhaps, that might be something like the Americans or the Europeans. We know them. We see, I've never been to the, to the US, but I've seen a lot of it on TV. I kind of feel as though if I were there, I would know roughly what to expect. Um, and I've certainly been to, you know, to Europe and I go to France. You know, we're going to France in a couple of weeks' time. We go to France quite a lot, and it's different. They drive on the wrong side of the road. Um, there are differences there, but it's not that different. I do know. I do know. You know, they live pretty much as we live, just with snails and frogs legs. <laughs> um, so, you know. But it's certainly a bit out of our comfort zone, isn't it? When we go to somewhere different, it's a bit out of our comfort zone. And, and it's a bit like that. Who, where's our Samaria? Well, maybe it's people that are definitely not like us, that live maybe here in our community. Or it might be that we do go across the channel and, and uh, get involved there. For some of us, that might happen. But for others, it might just be here in our community. There may be other ethnic groups that we begin to form bonds with there may be other social economic groups that are not like us but we begin to form bonds with different age groups how we reach people that are different to us god alone knows it's it's not easy but we want to be those that are reaching out and i guess it always as ever starts with a place of prayer praying for different groups praying for different people and praying that we find a person of peace, a person who wants to hear the message 
And then they're prepared to take that message to their community, people that perhaps we won't ever reach, but they've got a connection with. And if we can reach that one person, that the Lord is opening their heart for the message. You think of the woman at the well, the woman in Samaria. She, she was, you know, she opened her heart out of a very casual sort of conversation. It was a casual conversation. Can I have some water? And it became a kind of a, a, a slightly deeper conversation. Why are you asking me for water? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You shouldn't even be talking to me. And then it became, if you like, a spiritual conversation. No, you Jews say that we should be worshipping in Jerusalem. But we think we can worship here. And, and then it became, if you like, she became a person of peace. She received Jesus. But not only did she receive Jesus, but she went and told her whole town about Jesus. And before you know it, the whole of that Samaritan town had come to believe in Jesus. That's what we're praying for. We're praying for those sorts of contacts, maybe into uh, different cultures, different people groups, different social groups here in Weymouth and Portland, that, that we can find someone that, that will receive the message and have an influence on the people around them. People perhaps that we wouldn't normally have access to, but God gives us access to this one person who's got a, an open heart to the Lord. And at school, you know, you might find people at school who take you into groups that you wouldn't normally get on with, but somehow the Lord brings you into a place of relationship. And then it goes on to the ends of the earth. Well, when you think these were, they, they grew up as probably uneducated fishermen, the, the disciples, they probably didn't have much idea in, 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 their, in their culture. They didn't have much idea about the ends of the earth. We probably have a lot more idea about the ends of the earth than they did. Because we at least have the TV. We see documentaries about far-flung places. Um, I, I wonder what they would have known of the ends of the earth. But even for us, even though we may have seen it on the TV, there are places and cultures that we have no real understanding of. Okay, We understand the French. They're not too far. We understand the Americans. We see them on TV. But there are probably cultures that we know very, very little about. Ends of the earth places, as far as, as you know, from our, from our perspective. And it may be that in terms of going to those places, only a few of us will ever do that. Maybe only a few of us will ever go to the ends of the earth. But you know what? The, the amazing thing is in our culture, the ends of the earth come to us, don't they? The ends of the earth come to us. And we can, we can have an influence on people who frequently come to us from the ends of the earth. And again, it's, it's that praying for breakthrough into different people groups. In a few months' time, we've got a visiting speaker from the Missionary Aviation Fellowship. And um, they're going to be telling us about their work with, with distant people groups. Um, and I've been on Facebook communication recently with uh, Steve and Molly Mananga. Now, those of you who've been around for a while will know Steve and Molly, but many of you won't. Steve and Molly uh, lead a church in very rural uh, Zimbabwe, just 
think south of Bulawayo, in the south of, of Zimbabwe. And Steve and I went there about nine nine years ago or so. Um, and it is quite rural. You know, you you eventually you go off roads and you start going down dirt roads and you start seeing, you know, typical African thatched huts built with a kind of wooden enclosure around them with chickens running around and goats running around. Um, it's very, very rural. Um, and, I, and I got in touch with them and said, hey guys, give us an update on what's going on. What can we be praying about for you? And, um, uh, and Molly got back to me um, eventually and, and managed to give me an update on what's going on. And we're going to be praying about that on, on Wednesday at the prayer meeting. Just praying about um, about the work in in uh, in Kesey, just, just south of Bulawayo. So again, it starts in a place of prayer. You know, we can't reach the kind of animistic tribes that there are around them in Zimbabwe, but we can pray for those who do live there and who do share Jesus amongst them. We can do that. We're going to be praying for them on, on the Wednesday prayer meeting. Okay, if we can go back to the next slide again, Steve, please. Okay. <clears throat> and we have been given a ministry of reconciliation. Firstly, we ourselves have to be reconciled to God. Then we've been told to take this message of reconciliation to others so that they might be reconciled to God. I just ask. Is there anybody this morning who feels that they need to be reconciled to God? If you feel you need to be reconciled to God, then come and see me at the end and we'll pr I'll pray for you. And we'll lead you in a prayer of coming into God's presence and coming to know God. Because firstly, you've got to know God. You've got to be reconciled yourself. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation we have to first be reconciled to god and then he gives us a ministry of reconciliation to others you know what it's god's message not ours it says as though god were making his appeal through us it's god's appeal it's god's message not ours. If people accept it, they're accepting God, not us. And if people reject it, they're rejecting God, not us. It's God's message. We're simply ambassadors passing on the message. And the message is simple. Be reconciled to God. You know what? This is nothing new that I'm bringing you this morning. Now, you might have picked up that I've been quite impacted by the following and fishing training that we did here last year. And we're doing it again, as you know, in a couple of weeks time. And I'm keen for more people to be influenced and, and equipped by this teaching. And tonight at the witness service, I'm going to be encouraging those who come along from the various churches to come along and get involved in the following and fishing training. So this whole focus on our identity as being spirit-empowered witnesses and ambassadors of Christ 
is really very much alive within me at the moment. But it's nothing new. Can we have one more screen up, please, Steve? By chance, I found, after I'd made, you know, written out this speech, I found in my Bible some notes from a preach that Steve gave um, back in 2010, about Easter 2010. And these were the small group notes. We called them small groups then. These were the small group notes that were based on the preach for the, the small groups to kind of consider. Uh, Steve was preaching on a gospel preaching church that is loving, righteous in its lifestyle, involved in world mission, and reaching the unsaved in its community by both public and personal evangelistic activity. Snappy title, Steve. <laughs> but it is, that is who, you know, that was what we were talking about. This was back in 2010. And if you look at it, you know, it says, it answers, every Christian, Paul tells us that every Christian who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has been transformed. The old has gone and the new has come. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? In what ways could you demonstrate that God has made you a new creation? Last week, um, Jeff was talking when he got baptized. He was saying how, actually, without realizing it, he was really kind of addicted to pain-killing drugs. He'd been taking them so much that it was kind of like just, it's like smarties almost. And, and that when, when the Lord came to him, actually one of the changes was he found that he didn't need to take the pain-killing drugs and stop taking them. He didn't work hard and struggle at it. It just kind of happened, didn't it? You know, that is an indication, you know, that, that demonstrates that you've been made a new creation. And then it says, what does it mean to you to be reconciled to God? How is this possible? Does God hold your sin against you? No, he doesn't count our sins against us. And it says an ambassador is someone who acts with full authority on behalf of the one he or she is representing. How do you do this on behalf of Jesus? So nothing new in what I'm bringing here, guys. We were preaching this nine years ago. Why is it important to be a people who are always going? Go and make disciples. Why is it important to be a people who are going? reaching people with the gospel. We're together on a mission. I like this bit. And I think we can, we can really apply this bit even for ourselves now. We're together on a mission. How is this represented in your connect group? In what ways do you share the gospel together? Have you any plans over the next six weeks to hold a connect group outreach party or event? We're coming into the spring. Hopefully it will get a bit warmer. Hopefully the cold wind will die down. And maybe there are ways that we can find to do some outreach, some events, barbecues, picnics, that we can, we can just invite friends to. And then it says, pray that everyone, everyone would be able to share their faith with a non-Christian sometime over Easter. As you can see, this was in March of 20. This was just around Easter time in 2010. We just passed Easter now, but similar sort of time. This is from nine years ago. Nothing new in what I'm bringing here. You know, Steve was pretty much preaching the same message nine years ago. 
I think the only difference for me, nine years later, is that I now feel that I have a simple, easily repeatable, easily remembered way to share the message of reconciliation. And I shall be speaking about this tonight at the, um, at the witness service, and I shall be speaking in even greater detail on the 18th of May at the following and fishing training. An easily repeatable way of sharing the gospel. Last week, before the meeting started, we had a visitor come in, and she was, um, she just came, she heard the music, she heard the worship group rehearsing, and she came in, she was on holiday, and she sat down, she said, come in, sit down, yeah. And I went up to her, I said, do you know Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? Well, mm, yeah, yeah, I think I am. I said, have you ever asked the Lord Jesus into your life? Well, mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. So I said, well, look, would you just let me just share with you how you can come near to God? She said, all right. So I went through the little presentation, the little talk that we, we use as a, as a means of communicating the gospel. It's just a tool, just a way of doing it. I'll say more about it uh, at the training. And I went through it with her. And then I said to her, would you like to make a prayer to ask the Lord to come into your life? She said, okay. And I used this same presentation then to just help her go through a prayer of asking the Lord Jesus to come into her life. That was before the meeting started last week. Um, that was great. You know, as I say, I think the only difference now, and, and Andrew kind of alluded to it right at the beginning, is, is I now feel I've got something that I know how to say it. You know, it's not going, oh, I know I, know I want to talk to someone about Jesus, but how would I say, what would I begin with saying? What would I say to them? Well, now I think I know what I would say to them. And hopefully, you know, you'll, you'll pick up from what I bring. You'll know what to say when that happens for you, when those occasions come along. But, you know, it's not going to be the slickness of my presentation or the message that will win the loss to Christ. I've got a part to play. You've got a part to play. God makes his appeal through us, it says. God makes his appeal through us. And it's good to prepare what you will say. And that's why I rec recommend taking part in the training on the 18th of May. It will help you to have something to say, to know what to say to people. But ultimately, it's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring revelation to darkened minds and dead hearts. People's minds are darkened. People's hearts are dead. They need to be brought alive. And the only person that can bring a dead heart alive is the Holy Spirit. And God is at work. He's preparing soil for the seed to fall into and produce a good harvest. The problem is, we don't know which hearts are good soil. And in fact, we know that in, in the Jesus tells this parable, when we, when we sow the seed, some falls on rocky soil, some falls beside the road and gets trampled on, some grows up amongst weed and gets choked out, but some of it falls in good soil. What does that tell me? That tells me when I share the gospel with people, there may be many people that don't want to know about it. There may be many people that say, no, not interested. Not good soil. But what it also tells me is that there will be those. There will be those who are good soil. And we've just got to find them. We've just got to put seed out there. Seed. Sow seed. Tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. Okay, we're going to get lots of knockbacks. We're going to get something. Not interested. Not interested. Not interested. 
we might get we'll get one that says, okay, yeah, I'm interested. Tell me more. We are spirit empowered witnesses of Christ. What we do is we sow the seed, we make the appeal. God is making his appeal through you and me. What happens with that appeal? We don't know. It's God that sorts that out. All we have to do is make the appeal and then watch to see in whom the message seems to be finding roots, roots and growth and then water it. You know, Paul said, one, one um, sows, another waters, but who gives the increase? God gives the increase. Yeah, one sows, another waters. So we can sow and we can water, but it's God who gives the increase. Many may well reject what we bring, but we just carry on believing that Jesus says that some will be good soil because I am a spirit-empowered witness of Christ. And you are a spirit-empowered witness of Christ. You can do it because you've got the Lord with you. You're not doing it on your own. You've got the Lord going with you as you share. So be encouraged. Let's see people finding their way into faith in Jesus.